Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode four of the full 40 minutes with Chris and Rob of Villanova Podcast. We are coming to you straight from Midtown Manhattan after an exciting Villanova versus DePaul game. All right, it wasn't really exciting. Anyway, Villanova just smoked DePaul, so we figured we'd check in with you guys. We've got a few topics we'll hit tonight or this morning whenever you're listening to this. First, we're going to do a quick game recap. Probably not too much because let's be real, it wasn't that close of a game. Two, we're going to take a look at what we want to see from each of the players as we head into March and get into the part of the season that really matters. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back to you with a little senior night tribute and looking back on Jalen and McCall's career, two guys who we think are probably gone after this year, unfortunately. Probably gone. All right, so let's get into it. So, Chris, you texted me earlier in the day. I know there are a few things you were looking for. What did you want to see, and what did you see today? Yeah, so, uh, and I posted this on VU Hoops this morning. Uh, I expected to win. I mean, I don't like to take games for granted, but DePaul at home is kind of that one game that you just got to win that one. And knowing that we had Phil coming back, which, first, before I even get into my big five points, Phil Booth was outstanding phil booth looks cut by the way (laughs) phil booth looks more he looks better yeah (laughs) he looks more cut 19 points everyone was saying you got to be careful with him you got to be easy his shooting hand's going to be a little bit weaker because he broke that one etc uh phil booth thought otherwise two from four from deep four from six overall four from five from the line 14 points three rebounds and one assist in 19 minutes of work Wow. Pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> Outstanding. So good. that wasn't one of my five points, but one of the five points I said was I want to see crisp offense, ball movement, the shots go in great. Well, shots obviously went in, 93 points. But it didn't it feel like the beginning of the season again to you tonight with, yeah. with the ball movement? The ball's just flying around all over the place. There was one possession or two where I actually looked at you and said, we overpassed that time. We actually passed up an open shooter. Yeah. So I thought the ball movement was great. Secondly... I wanted to look at free throws. A little bit iffier there. We were 15 out of 21 as a team. Would like to see a little bit more focus on the free throws. A little bit under 75%. I feel like our free throws have been a little bit iffy this season. We usually do crisp it up in March. But Jay's best teams are really good free throw shooting teams. So if you want to be a deep dancer, you got to shoot the free throws well. The only team that got very far that didn't shoot free throws well was the 2008 Memphis team of men. The team of men. Uh, and, but it, and it came back to bite them. ultimately doomed them. Yes. Uh, third point was defense, defense, defense. If you look at it, 62 points makes it look good. I thought that the defense at times got a little bit lost. I also thought it was a little bit lackadaisical. Let's be honest, though, as fans, we got lackadaisical watching the game. Oh, my God. Because it was just – it was – forget the fact that it was a blowout. They kept stopping the clock, looking at the – looking at the shot clock, etc. It was just brutal. It was a terrible game to watch. I think think at one point we were sitting there, Dave Lato, the coach of DePaul – 
I think he just like disappeared. Maybe went for a hot dog or something. It was something. Tyler Dog. <laughs> like, guy came back. We're like, oh, all right. He you're, started you're complaining about a call from like the tunnel. Oh my god, <laughs> so bad. Just go home. It was um, a, it was a it was a Thursday night practice. Whatever night it is, it's a Wednesday <laughs> night practice in Philadelphia for these guys. Um, but I thought the defense overall did good in terms of holding them down. The one thing though is that Struess. You told me before the game, watch out for Struess on DePaul and. To be honest, the Struess was loose. <laughs> the Struess was loose. He was he was the only effective player on DePaul, though. And yeah. he wasn't bad, but there was nobody else there. He had yeah, no help. No, there was nobody else there. And then I said minutes allocation. I'm not a big believer that, like, like we're talking about D1, like, high-level athletes. I don't get too worried about minutes allocations. You look at Duke. Half their team plays 40 minutes a game. But... I did want to see some of the guys get a little bit more minutes off the bench. I thought Jay did well with Spellman and Dante DiVincenzo and Pascal. Uh, they all played 30 minutes or less. The box score says Brunson played 30, but it felt like it was a hard 30. He felt a little, I saw him a couple times where he looked a little bit gassed. Would have liked to see Brunson out a little bit less, but is what it is. Bridges actually played 33 minutes, which I was a little bit surprised by, but he was also totally on fire. Another big night from McCall. Four from seven from deep, nine or 12 overall. Great yeah. night. Would like to see a little bit more minutes for the uh, younger freshman. But how about that bench mob? The bench mob. Bench Killing mob it, at man. the end. Denny Grace bucketing a triple. And then uh, he was he was really pushing that. I he took that shot, and I, I was sitting there thinking, "There's no way that's going." It was in. a quick release, and then Liebig with that. What was he? Kobe? He's like a crazy. He called Kobe. He before absolutely he shot called that. Kobe on that. Like Kobe Liebig, but yeah, good for the bench mob. Yeah, no, it was it was good. I mean, look, the team the team played well tonight. It was a, a casual game, but it was the first game to have Phil back. We had the full team again. Like you said, it felt like earlier in the year because we had that full team. I feel like Samuels, unfortunately, is never going to see the court again. He had a few minutes sparingly in there. I would like to get him some more minutes, but if we're winning and Phil Booth and everybody else is back at the expense of Samuels' playing yeah. time, I think I can be okay with that. So it was it was a good all-around effort. Like you said, defensively didn't look bad. It's not a great DePaul team. So look, it's a it's a nice up tempo practice. We'll take it and we'll move on to Creighton at this point. Yeah. The only other thing there is I was looking at the crowd size. It seemed like a decent crowd on senior night. Would have hoped for a little bit more support, but last non break home game of the season, the Georgetown game is during the break. Uh but yeah, I would have looked for a little bit more crowd. But yeah. I thought it was fine. I thought the crowd got into it, was cheering on the bench mob, going crazy. The whole I mean, all the players were going crazy when the bench mob gets in. It was it was it was a good game. It was nice to see uh Jay get some guys some less minutes and we don't really have to talk about it too much yeah, more than I, that. I don't think we need to. Alright, so we saw a lot of good things from the team tonight. Definitely good to get Phil back on the floor. What do you want to see for the rest of the, we got a few weeks left in the season before we we get into the tournament. What do you want to see from? Yeah, let's guys? talk about what we got coming up, right? So we got Creighton on Saturday, we got Seton Hall next Wednesday evening, and then we got Georgetown to wrap it up. Then you got the Big East tournament in the dance. So not a lot of time left. So I think at this point we're not talking about Demir Cosby Roundtree developing a three point shot. Let's talk about the. Are, are we sure? Are we sure? Yeah, no, I'm not seeing it. Uh, let's talk about little tweaks. Okay. 
We'll start with Brunson. Okay. And we'll go down from there. All right. What do you say about Jalen, half man, half machine? Other than the one thing I'll note lately is his three-point shots off. Mm, okay. I think Jay needs to get him some rest. I think it's a legs thing, not a form thing. He's taking this. He looks the same. So just to get Jalen a little bit of break. So that is why I wanted to see less minutes for him tonight. And 30 was less than usual. Just get his legs back under him. The three-point shots will go down. But if Jalen can start connecting on that three-pointer again, man, uh, he's unstoppable. Yeah, it's been interesting the past few games. He's scored a lot of points, a lot of drives. Hasn't really been from three. It's been definitely not getting a lot of press at this point. But his three-point shot's been off a little bit. So, yeah, that tightens up. I mean, that's that's really dangerous for me. Bridges... No, I think the one, th- yeah, Bridges has been shooting the ball great. The one thing I like to see Bridges continue to do is force the issue on offense a little mm-hmm. bit more. He he tends to sometimes play a little bit tentative, and then sometimes he dribbles into the zone, and then he kind of looks around like, uh oh, yeah, I'd kind like, of at the top of that key. Yeah, so. I'd like to see him take it strong to the hoop, or make a crisp mini drive and then kick it. Not he's not a point guard, but. I'd like to see him force the issue, play with a little bit more confidence yeah. uh, going forward. Uh, but, I mean, let's face it. What are we going to get more out of Brunson and Bridges? What can we possibly ask for more? Yeah. I, I like the, the driving issue, though. That's one thing. It's actually interesting. This game in particular, we actually drove it a lot. But mm-hmm. prior to this game, we haven't been too much. I think it was, it was the Xavier game in particular. We shot, what, I think two foul shots or something like that. And that's fine. We're relying on the three-point shot. That's what our offense is. But I would love to see a little bit more creation, especially from our, our guys who have that ability and have that speed, particularly Booth coming back. Obviously, he's back. Hopefully, his legs are pretty fresh. I'd love to see Dante off the dribble more and do that drive and kick. Just because it's there, it opens things up a little bit. And frankly, if we can get to the hole, let's take the easy two points sometimes yeah. too. It's just good. Get the guys in foul trouble. Get to the line practice that free throw shooting we're talking about and just getting that I, I think that creation ability would be a big thing so how about eric pascal i just want to see him dunk more it's, <laughs> it's not feedback i just love when he dunks continue it is ferocious <laughs> and you continue to dunk all on everybody the dunk tonight where he double clutched he was above the rim the entire time it was it was ridiculous i mean and fun fact about Pascal, we were just talking about this during the game. He's our best free throw shooter. Yeah. Yeah, no, so. he's, he's got a good stroke. And that was one thing, you know, if you rewound this conversation, what, two months ago, two, three months ago, you'd say, Eric Pascal needs to figure out his shot. That's the one thing he needs to do. And now he's just, he's lights out. The free throw shooting has translated to the three-point line, and he's just one of our other reliable three-point shooters now. Yeah. I don't know how much more we can ask of Pascal. I guess sometimes he does still have a tendency to be a little foul-heavy. Let's move on to... How about Gillespie? Gillespie's one guy. I could actually... There are a couple things with Gillespie. Look, he's he plays good minutes. I love having him on the court. He's been a great shooter. Got some moxie. He's got... Oh, my gosh. He has got... As a freshman, he's got no fear taking that shot. So keep shooting. In terms of improvement, I would say... There's been a, a couple times I noticed he'll... He'll drive the ball to the hoop. He has no fear driving it to the hoop. But he'll sometimes come at it, get into the lane, and just say, ooh, I'm not sure where I'm going now. Whereas a veteran point guard, I point to Arch a couple years ago, right? Arch would drive into lane or Brunson, 
and they'll say, oh, there's nothing here. I'm just going to keep driving through because I'm comfortable with that. And I know I've got my team around me. He'll, Gillespie will get in there. He'll freeze a little bit, which I'd be expected. So it's, it's almost like if you're going to do it, have some sort of plan as to what's <laughs> yeah. happening on the end of this. But, it, but look, I'm looking for things to nitpick. Yeah, we're nitpicking. nitpicking. We're, we're intentionally point. nitpicking here because we're just trying to find the little tweaks that we can do, right? Yeah. We talked about this at the top of this segment. Not criticizing our guys. We love this team. We're looking for little nitpicks that we can do that we can perhaps save a turnover here and there, score an extra couple points, stop an extra couple points. Because let's face it, this is the difference between a championship and missing the Final Four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's... Little things. Yeah. Like the mark when we won in twenty sixteen, it was a shot from deep. That was the only it was the only difference at the end of the game. And the whole game was played to a draw up until that point. Absolutely. Um How about Spellman? Spellman Spellman's weak side defense is not good. I hate to say I don't like to say it that that crisply, but it's just not good. He's his reaction time when he has to come and help is is not good. I actually think that a couple months ago, I would have said Spellman's on-ball post-defense is not good. Mm. And I would have said that he shouldn't be on the perimeter. I still don't like that Jay has him switch all the way out to perimeter. I think he gets him way out of position for rebounds. So if I had one comment for Jay, it's that. But aside from that, I like Spellman's on-ball post I think it's gotten much better. He stays home. He keeps his arms straight up. I think he does better with that. But his weak side, when someone's driving... On the other side, and he's got to rotate over, he's just slow. And he needs to do a better job getting there quickly because teams are going to exploit that. When we play at more athletic teams, the deeper we go in March, they're going to come at and they're going to exploit it. So he needs to get a little bit more crisp in rotating. Mm -hmm. And when I say weak side, I mean the ball's coming from the other side of the court and Omari's on the non-ball side of the court. And he needs to just cut under the basket to try and help the drive help stop the drive yeah no I I like that I think the defense definitely needs to get short up I think there's a little bit he can improve offensively too the surprising thing about Spellman for a guy that big and what we thought of that polished was I figured he'd be better a better finisher around the hoop right so at this point I'm not looking for and I'm not expecting him to pick up this great finishing game right around the hoop I'm actually gonna let Dada do that because he is automatic from under the hoop so I'm looking for when Spellman gets the ball, you know, off the block. He's a few feet off the block. He's tried to back guys down. I almost want him to look for the kick out at that point. Yeah. Be a little deferential, pull a chef, kick it out to these guys. They can knock down the three versus trying to force it in. It's just not his game right now. I was now. definitely going to say chef. Yeah. I mean, who was better at the pass out of the post than Daniel Oshefu? No, absolutely. He was, I mean, he was a point. He was basically a point guard in the post. He was that good at passing. He was really Some of the good. stuff he was drop off to people was unreal. Uh, how about uh, Dante DiVincenzo? 2019 National Player of the Year, Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, yeah, I mean, in my mind, there's not a whole lot different. I, he overcommits on, on defense. Uh, he sometimes wants to make the highlight reel, like, steel tip. And sometimes I Brunson does this too for the record. Sometimes over commits on a pass to try and knock it free. And we saw it, it worked a lot tonight, but that's DePaul. They're not making crisp passes. They're not making bounce DePaul wasn't making bounce passes when they should be when they when they're trying to make a regular pass. It's just not 
you can't go by DePaul. He sometimes tries to sneak a little bit, overcommits, and then gets lost, and it causes the whole defense to get out of whack. I'd like to see Dante stay home a little bit more. Sometimes you need to go for that steal. Sometimes if you're down, you need to go on a run. You need to take that chance. But when you're playing the way we're playing, you don't need to do that all the time. Yeah, I think the difference, it's interesting. Another guy who did that a lot was Josh Hart. Josh Hart, however, almost never missed the ball. He had the anticipation. He knew when to commit to it, and he always got a hand on the ball, it seemed. There was... I don't remember ever having this conversation about Josh. And no. it probably is just another year for Dante. So, yeah, I, I agree. Kind of dial it back. Next year, hopefully, that's the one thing he adds to his game. Because, frankly, there's not a whole lot else he should be adding to his game at this point I mean, to make him an all-around player. He's, it's crazy. He's flying up the 2019 mock draft boards already. Yeah. So He should be. I mean, look, if he doesn't get drafted after next year, I would be shocked. You look at what the NBA values these days. It's athleticism. It's three-point shooting. Check and check. If he can shore up the defense, I would definitely take a flyer on him. I guess he's a little undersized. What can, what can Booth improve more? Just uh, play more? <laughs> Playing more? Stop getting hurt. He got hit in the face again tonight. Yeah. I was, oh, oh yeah. God. He got hit in the face with an elbow, and, and it looked like something that might give him a black eye. And how great would it be to see Phil Booth with, like, an eye patch out there? It would be pretty good. I would, you know, maybe for Georgetown I'd like to Arr, see Phil Booth. Phil Booth. <laughs> That's horrible. That's terrible. That is terrible. Anyway, no no eye patch for <laughs> Phil Booth. But, yeah, look, just need to get Phil on the court, get him some more reps. He looked fresh today, and just keep it up at this point. Other than that, you got Roundtree. You got Dada. What do we think about him? Straight up nothing, actually. I think he's maybe maybe – could be a little quicker on some of his closeouts, but aside from that, there's really not much I would do with Dada. We had an aggressive conversation early on where we said that, where you said that Demir Cosby Roundtree is the most seasoned big man in the post. He is the most polished, polished freshman big man of the J Wright era. I think I'm backing off that a little bit. Just some defensive plays tonight. He got off his feet a little bit. I, it's not a lot, but I'd like to see him stay home a little bit more, and and I think that's it. I, other than that, I agree, but it'd be good. To, he needs to get some. He needs to get some more reps. I, that's what I was gonna say, and I think frankly that leads into Samuels as well Samuels. too. They just need. It's tough to come in when you're playing. It's one thing to be the sixth man and be the energy guy and come in off the bench. It's another thing to be looked at to say, "Hey, I need you for." two minutes a half that is that's a different ask and i don't fault dada as much for being a little bit off for those couple minutes he was in tonight because it wasn't a lot versus he has been a little bit more in the flow of the game samuel's the same way he's been getting some good minutes and tonight those minutes went way down and part of that i get because jay i'm sure is trying to work phil back into the full rotation he's trying to get that starting lineup back up and running so you want to overcommit to phil a little bit although phil only played about 20 minutes or so it was incredibly efficient obviously so that was uh, to be expected i guess a little bit yeah we wanted to shore it up and, and just make it better decisions but all in all you know they're, they're giving us kind of what we need let's do before we go to halftime let's do something quick Give me one shout-out from, from the last few days from a player from this program. I guess, I, I guess I'd probably shout-out Phil Booth. I mean, dude comes back, he's got a broken hand, and comes into the game so fresh and is just ready to go. Gave way more than I expected tonight. 
Welcome back, Phil. Sounds like your shout-out is actually more on uh, The Shack. <laughs> on The Shack, that's true. The shout-out absolutely should have been to John Shackleton. <laughs> the, the Villanova strength and fitness coach is, I don't know, he is just operating at an otherworldly level when it comes to broken hands. And it was actually kind of interesting listening to, to Jay on, on one of his radio shows talk about how Shaq and his team have gotten so good at treating broken hands, which I kid you not, he actually said that, and it's kind of frightening. <laughs> not a skill you want to develop. Not a skill you're looking to develop, but we'll take it. So I'm going to shout out Denny Grace. So we saw him make that three earlier today, and we called it out. I know her, uh, his, older, his older sister, Maggie. We, uh, she graduated a year before us. She's wonderful. So just want to give a shout out to the Grace family. They're, they're like a Villanova institution. With that, let's uh, hear a word from our individual one sponsor. <laughs> We've got one. Hey, friends. It's Chris here from The Full 40. Are you like me and love to look good but hate shopping for new clothes? Try Bombfell. Spelled B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L. It is a stylist service for men. And how it works is really simple. Go on their website. And if you're a listener to the full 40, you actually get $25 off your first purchase. It is B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com backslash full 40. F-U-L-L four zero. If you do that, you can go on, you can log in, you put in some measurements, some things you're looking for, they got a great selection of clothes, and your stylist will pick out clothes for you every so often and send you a box. Whatever you like, you keep and you pay for, and whatever you don't like, you send back free of charge. It is a great service, I highly recommend it, and remember, Bombfell, open and close. All right, listeners, welcome back to the second half of the full 40 minutes. So tonight, for those of you guys who read about the game, tonight was senior night for Villanova. The ceremony tonight obviously honored some of our walk-ons who are definitely seniors and are graduating. Technically, we don't have any scholarship seniors on the team, but we do have a few guys on the team who are actually technically graduating, and some of whom who may not be here next year. So on the team this year, you've got Phil Booth, Eric Pascal, Macau Bridges, and Jalen Brunson, all of whom are expected to graduate academically. Two of those guys, Macau and Jalen, we don't expect to be back next year, given that they are just rising up the draft boards rapidly. So we wanted to spend a few minutes tonight just reminiscing a little bit and talking about what Macau and what Jalen have meant to the program in the past couple years, some of their, their highlights and some of the things that, that we'll remember. With that, maybe let's start with let's start with Macau. Chris, what's your favorite memory of what's gonna be your favorite memory of Macau so far? So mine goes back to actually his first year of playing. It was his red shirt freshman year. During the tournament, Mikhail made this awesome dive on a ball. It was very reminiscent of the final play of 1985's championship game mm-hmm. when they dove on the ball in the two seconds. Like, they've done it, Neil Brenton Musburger. They've done it. They've done it. It was very similar to that. It was in the Kansas game in the Elite Eight. Towards the end of the game, he dove on the ball. It wasn't the same type of run-the-clock-out type of play. It was more of a scrum. But that image of Mikhail and his 
extremely long arms <laughs> just wrapping around the ball are is such an indelible memory from that tournament of I mean that tournament had a, a million memories but for a freshman player to make that impact moment that dive on that ball at that time was a huge moment in that game it wasn't a momentum shifter but it was a momentum keeper and it stopped and it stopped Kansas from making a mini run towards the back end of that game, which ended up helping us solidify that win, and then the rest is history. So that's mine. Do you have anything other than that? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I love that. And for me, the image that sticks in my head is just the look on his face at the end. You see the camera pan in and zooms in, and he's just got this this giddy, like, kid in a candy store oh, look yeah. about him he's so pumped with himself like i mean he should be right like he and arch great combo defense there arch actually knocked the ball loose but yeah mccall just jumps on it and it, it's unreal for me there are i think there are a couple plays in that one in that game one in the game after it that really stick out for me a couple minutes before that play kansas was on another little run they had whittled the lead down. It was down to two at that point. Jenkins puts up a shot from three as he was doing that tournament. One of his rare misses at that point. It didn't matter at that it, it did not matter at that tournament. It was like one of two misses the entire tournament. And Macau comes out of nowhere, flies through these two Kansas guys, comes under the hoop acrobatically. He's angling his body. I wish you guys could see me right now. I'm like contorting my body to try and mimic him comes under the hoop, leans backwards, and makes this amazing mid-air rebound, put back, bumps the lead back up to four. They didn't get any closer after that, and it was it was just an awesome, an awesome play. I mean, putback dunks for Mikhail have become oh like gosh. a state. We're going to miss that because, <laughs> I mean, highlight reel dunks too. How about that Gonzaga dunk earlier? I loved, like, Titus and Tate from One Shining Podcast. They were doing their uh, – they were doing their power rankings one week, and they definitely said in there, they said, and Mikhail Bridges then just ended Gonzaga's program. Oh, my God. Okay, wait, sorry. Quick quick side note. Can we talk about how so Mikhail Bridges comes into this year? It's like, oh, yeah, he's getting definitely getting first-round traction, absolutely, first-round NBA draft traction. And, yeah, 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 he's, you know, late 20s, whatever, late first-round draft pick. Then the Gonzaga game happens, and specifically the play you're referencing. He does this unreal dunk, posterizes three Gonzaga players, and then runs back on defense the very next play and blocks it out of bounds. Unreal play. The next day, Macau Bridges is a lottery pick. And he's been there ever since. <laughs> he's been there ever since. Look, I mean, he deserves it. He's the prototypical NBA player, but it was just amazing to me how he makes this one highlight, two highlight plays, and all of a sudden he's there. The 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 thing about Mikhail, though, more than any individual moment, and he's had some highlight moments just due to his athleticism and length. But the the thing that sticks out to me about him and what I admire most about him and why we're going to really miss him, in my opinion, is kind of like Hart, kind of like some other, kind of like um, Hilliard, actually, too. Mikhail has improved every mm. year he's been here. Yes. And not every player does that. right? Like, we have been kind of blessed in this golden age, as you call it, the golden era of Villanova basketball, with just an endless bevy of players who just keep getting way, way better every single year. But... This is not like something that actually happens at all programs. And it's not something that even during my fandom has happened at all programs. 
Like, sometimes players just plateau. Yeah. Sometimes they take a step back one year, right? Like, Scotty Reynolds is a good example. Now, Scotty Reynolds ended up having an all a consensus first-team All-American <laughs> yeah, season I mean, his, his senior year. No, I get that. But Scotty Reynolds was, like, rookie of the year his mm. his freshman year. And then his sophomore year and a large chunk of his junior year were, like, actually steps back from – that I mean, he was putting up forty, like forty a against of, UConn. Against I remember UConn, that. Yeah. UConn. And then he took like a step back after. That doesn't happen anymore in Jay's yeah. program. Now it's just player comes in, adds nice. Look at the freshmen this year; they're doing exactly the same thing. It's like watching a textbook just turn the page. It's the yeah. Same thing all over again. As a freshman, he redshirted his freshman year, and he handled that with class. Yeah. Right. So kudos to him on that. Built up his body. Obviously, he's got more work to do in the gym, even today. But every year, his body, just look at his body. He's, he's put on weight, gotten gotten so much more muscular fit. And then his play has improved every year. So he role player, makes some threes, a lot of great defense. But the thing about Mikhail is that that wasn't good enough for him. So sophomore year, he comes back last year and starts to make a little, not a lot, but a little bit of dribble drive definitely ratchets up the defense even more. Uh, we're just going to miss him at the top of that 1-2-2 two, two press. Yeah. I mean, he just destroys teams in that in that little... That's not designed he for was, turnovers. He was co-defensive player of the year last yeah. year. Yeah. That's not designed for turnovers, yeah. that press. But he turns it into a turnover press. Yeah. And then and then now his junior year, he's, he's been outstanding. Yeah. Obviously, the three ball, a little shaky as of late, but has been awesome. Multiple 20-plus point performances. When he drives and makes it and makes it a point to drive, get in the lane and get down the lane towards the hoop, he's unstoppable. I mean, you saw it in that Gonzaga game. You saw it a couple plays in the last couple games. He's he's been doing that too. I'm gonna miss him from a perspective of the defensive end more than anything else. But just as a guy who has been a role model guy, nice kid, and and just grows every single year. I like. I, that will never get old. I will never get tired of watching our players improve every single year. McCall shot 30% his first year he was playing at Villanova from three. 30% from three. He now is shooting over 45% that's from un, three. That's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. That this improvement is, un- is crazy. This is just something that, as Villanova fans, we've gotten accustomed to that is not normal it's not normal this is there's wait, nothing wait, normal sorry, about sorry. perfect example the comparison to the other m bridges that everybody talks about miles bridges on michigan state who was had he left last year would have been a consensus lottery pick for sure last year he shot 39 percent from three that's a great percentage right he's a freshman coming in dude has a man's body would absolutely fit on the 2008 memphis team of men for sure as we've referenced before, this year he's shooting 34%. So he lost five points. McCall has gained 15 points over two years. That's it's crazy. Insane. But yeah, so so a lot of good stuff on McCall. Obviously, we're going to miss him. Let's talk about Jalen, where I, I don't know if there's enough that can be said about Jalen Brunson. I think he's going to be like the quietest. You'll look back in history and say... Oh yeah, he was the consensus best point guard ever, like pure point guard ever to come through Villanova, and he's done it so quietly and almost under the radar. I've said this before to you, and I've said this to some of my friends. It is not possible 
for us to adequately appreciate Jalen Brunson. We just can't do it. And I say like, no, 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 I definitely appreciate him, blah, blah, blah. You can say it all you want. When he is gone, you will realize just how much we miss him. Jalen Brunson is just a, I hate to use this word, but I'm going to use it. Jalen Brunson is a generational point guard. I don't use that term generational lightly. Is he the GOAT? I don't know. I didn't get to watch Dwayne McLean play. I don't know. But in terms of point guards in Jay's era, I think he's the GOAT. And that includes Kyle Lowry, Scotty Reynolds, (laughs) Corey Fisher, Malik Waynes, Ryan Archie Diacono. This is not a a list of players who were to be messed with in terms of like, oh yeah, just rose above all of that. No. We talk about improvement with Mikhail, but with Jalen, he's improved off of a base that was already astronomically high. I mean, he started on the championship team. Yeah. He came in, he started on the championship team. And and frankly, I think one of... I was thinking about Jalen today and thinking about his evolution and where he's gotten to, which is obviously incredible. He is... Now, especially with Trey Young, slow down all the issues there. A lot of talk about Jalen as potentially National Player of the Year, which is great. The thing that stood out to me has always been Jalen's attitude. He came in, he is at least gives off this appearance of this absolutely humble guy who is willing to do literally whatever it takes and whatever's asked of him. So while he was a starter on the championship team, if you go back to the shot... He wasn't on the court. He's on the bench. And, and Jay recognized, he said, look, Phil Booth's got the hot hand, Phil, Phil is in, right? Players could have complained about that. You never heard a peep about that. Jalen was just, he was part of that team. He was an integral part of that team. He was not the focal point. And, like, a dude who's a five-star guy coming in with the pedigree that he has, and we'll get to his pedigree in, in just a minute, the pedigree that he has could have absolutely demanded, and a lot of guys would have. I probably would have. I was that good coming in. I'd be like, yeah, put me on the damn court, like, for sure. But he didn't. And even last year, he flew under the radar. It was Josh Hart's team last year. Mm-hmm. And he he gave Josh the spotlight. And this year, finally, it was, okay, Jalen, this is your time to shine. And And even this year, he knows his role. He steps up when he needs to step up, and he steps back when he doesn't. And, like... Just being able to be that dynamic is something we're absolutely going to miss. I mean, you see him when he plays, too. He gets to the cup at will. Yeah. Like, people don't call him – people, like, refuse to call him athletic, which I think is just, like, something that people just need to say about Villanova players, which is just wrong. I will say – He's sneakily athletic. I was going to say that – that talk has actually slowed down a bit of late. The The whole narrative of he's slow, he's unathletic, he's a defensive liability, his defense is shored up a bit. Yeah. And that Some narr- people are quick to, like, go to, like, call him, like, the Scotty Reynolds type guy. No. And I, I watch Scotty Reynolds. I love Scotty Reynolds. <laughs> a lot of people actually don't like Scotty Reynolds as much, or by the time he was done, kind of got tired of him. That's not... Like, I'm not one of those guys. But let's be honest. Outside of shooting a couple passing lanes for some breakaway layups, Scotty Reynolds did not play defense. No, Scotty Reynolds... Jalen Brunson plays defense and is not a bad defender. Yeah. He literally does whatever is asked of him. And I think it, it probably just boils down to the fact that 
he's got this great pedigree. Did you know? Did you know his dad, Rick Brunson, was actually he actually played at Temple, and drink, and actually was a journeyman in the NBA. I'm not sure drink. if you're aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! It, every time Jalen plays, he has to bring. They have to bring up his dad. It's I. Some things just kill me. I understand. Like we watch every Villanova game. Right, as most of you probably all do as well. <laughs> of our few listeners you have, I'm sure you're watching every Villanova you're game. You probably know every announcer line. Like it's just crazy how much they repeat themselves. Yeah. No new material. Not even going to bother. What's something I need to know about Jalen Brunson? Oh, his dad, Rick Brunson. You know, he played in the NBA and played for Temple. Blah blah blah. Like uh, enough, enough. And then it's like, you know what? Then. then his freshman year, that was all they said. His sophomore year, it's like, you know what? Like, he might actually be a little bit better than his dad. And then his and then his junior year, it's been like, he's definitely better than his dad. Like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> enough. Like, yeah. enough with Rick. He's he's actually finally moved on to like, he's his own person at this point. I, Congratulations, Jalen. You know, your own person. <laughs> you're your own person. You're gonna win National Player of the Year. But the bigger the bigger award is. You are actually your own person who deserves to be recognized by themselves. Yeah. Like, kudos to you. I do want to come back to the National Player of the Year conversation mm. real quick. I, unpopular opinion here. I feel bad a little bit for Trey Young. Yeah. Trey Young got built up by the ESPN Media Enterprise. And I like ES- I actually like a lot of ESPN's coverage. <gasps> not of us. Scandal. Not of us, right? Not of the Big East, although Jeff Borzello wrote a great piece this week that was basically a regurgitation of everything Dana O'Neill's ever wrote, but it was still great. Which was a itself a regurgitation of every article that was ever written about Villanova. <laughs> yes. True. <laughs> True. But it's nice to see it. It is still it's still nice to see a book about Because God Villanova. forbid you see any articles on FoxSports.com. Jeez. Oh, I have to say, we do hate on ESPN, but Fox Sports is the worst. FoxSports.com, I'm not sure where to find their, like, Big East it's, coverage page. It's uh, horrible. It's the worst. Anyway. Um, I feel bad for Trey Young because the ESPN has built him up to be this mythical super thing. And the kid was destined to come back down to earth. Like, they played a tough schedule. They played some out-of-conference opponents, and he did unbelievable things. And... To be honest with you, when I when I watch him talk and give press conferences, yeah, he's an eighteen year old, nineteen year old kid. Does say some things that kind of rub me the wrong way a little bit, like any eighteen year old would expect you to do. But by and large, he handles himself really well. He doesn't play a lick of defense, so to be fair on that. But I feel bad because now everyone's like hating on him. He doesn't deserve. He didn't like ask to be ESPN's crown prince. Yeah. And he didn't. And and now that he's playing, whereas everyone's like, oh, he's choking. Blah blah blah. No. He's like averages work out over time. He's a freshman in college. People are people are keying on him, and that's what's going to happen. Enough about Trey Young. Though. I want to talk about yeah, Jalen. Please, I mean Jaylen, it's like ESPN two point Yeah, Jalen Brunson is probably or right now trending towards becoming the player of the year nationally. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. The I can't think of a more deserving thing. I can't think of a more deserving person, a more deserving player. He is, if you ever listen to Jay Wright talk about him, Jalen eats what he's supposed to eat, very conscious about his diet, works out harder than anybody else. He is clearly the most talented player on the team. He's a great passer. He's a great shooter. 
He can get to the cup at will. He's a winner. The guy is just a stone-cold winner in everything he does. And Chris Mack, actually, what did he say after the first one? He said it's like if you take off his face, it'll probably have wires coming out of his skull or something like that. I mean, he's kind of robotic in the way how good he is. Well, I mean... He's our best post-up player, too. He's absolutely our best post-up player. Absolutely our best post-up player. And I will touch on quick nickname note. I think Jalen's... The favorite nickname I have for Jalen is the lawnmower, which was, again, created by... Who was it? Oh, one of Steve the guys Lavin. On, was it Lavin on Lavin. Fox Sports? Again, Fox Sports... The, what is that? The lawnmower? What does that mean? I, just, I don't even understand. Just horrible. I and, wish we could And have... he keeps pushing it. Yeah. He keeps pushing I oh, wish we could oh. come back to you, listeners, and say, we know what the lawnmower means, but we don't have <laughs> we any don't idea. Know what it is. So, uh, so, so maybe let's um, – <laughs> the lawnmower makes me think, and, and we are talking about like some of the, the material people keep repeating. What are some of your other Villanova cliches to close this out? <laughs> this is like the Villanova drinking game. Yeah. If, if anyone's if you're play if you're trying to drink, just listen to this part right now. Chris Jenkins's mom taught him how to shoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know Do you know Arch's uh, Arch's parents went to Villanova? <laughs> Arch's parents went to Villanova. Uh, did you know that they call Corey Fisher Fisher Price because why, he to- why do they do that? Because he toys with people. Oh <laughs> God! Oh, it's so it's so uh, when he toys with people on the. On the playgrounds of Rucker Park. He just scored 100 in that Summer League game. Yeah, he scored 100 in that Summer League game. Josh Hart is an Eagle Scout. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. It didn't get enough play. Didn't get enough play, but should have. Um, and people also also forget, he came back tonight. Phil Booth. Phil Booth. He scored 20 points in the <laughs> National People forget. I don't know who these people are who forget that Phil Booth scored 20 points. Certainly I don't. No one No, no, one no Villanova fan basketball. forgets that he scored. But every single time, it's framed as exactly that. Is it, and people forget. Pe- Phil Booth scored 20 <laughs> in the National title game. Who forgets? People don't forget. <laughs> yeah, people don't forget. Um, people don't forget Scott, whatever his name is. One point before we wrap up, Jalen. I know we've been talking about him for a long time, but he deserves it. Just some touch on some statistics. Yeah. Jalen Brunson currently has 1,438 points. This is pre-DePaul. 1,438 points, which is 31st in Villanova history. At his current pace this season, which is around 19.5 points per game, he'll finish with 1,633 after three years, which is one of the best after three years, which is 18th all time. That's about, I'm estimating 10 games. The max amount of games left is 13. He could even do more than that. And if he goes nuts, he could even do more than that. If he were to come back, he would have a legitimate shot. He's not going to. At but number one? At, at beating Kerry. Kerry Kittles is number one. No way. What do you have to average, you know? If he finishes with 1633, he would have to have 620 or 611 more points, so which what, he already less, has 527 yeah, this year. Less than 20. Less than 20. A game. Yeah. Less than 20 a game, which he would do. He would actually overtake Kerry Kittles. That's kind if of crazy. He it is crazy. Wow. It is crazy. So when you think about, like, when I say the greatest of all time, if he stuck around for a fourth year, he would absolutely be the leading point scorer. Which is them. so interesting because I don't necessarily associate Jalen Brunson with a point scorer, but the fact that he's on that pace is, is What nice. you need is a player who's go- who plays his freshman year. So if you think about it, like other guys in the top 10, Scotty Reynolds is second with 2,222, played at that 40-point game we just talked about. Alan Ray 
was over a 2,000-point score, was a recruit that came into nobody really on the team. So he had opportunity to play. Randy Foy is 9 at 1966. Um, and Josh Hart, actually, I didn't realize this, was his number 10 all-time with 1,921. And then in terms of assists, the numbers are even stronger. Jalen is already number 18 all-time with 379 assists. At his current pace of just under five assists per game, with about 10 games remaining, he'll finish with 428, which is good for 13th all-time. If Jalen were to stay another year, he would pass. He would become the second all-time leading assist. So he would have the opportunity, if he stayed his senior year, to be the all-time leading scorer and the second all-time leading assist player. So when we say GOAT, we actually don't take it lately. Yeah, yeah, and it's across multiple categories. It's pretty interesting. Synopsis, Jalen Brunson, one of, if not the greatest Villanova player of all time. A lot of love out to him. I want to thank, I think we'll probably close it out now too. So yeah. as always, do you want to give our a quick shout out? If you have any other good thoughts on some funny isms that announcers always say about our yes. team, our players over the years, that'd be great. Also, if you have any... Um, other memories that you want to share about Mikhail and Jalen's time at, at Villanova, just hit us up at, at the full 40 at T H E F U L L four zero at twitter.com. You can also hit us up at Instagram um, by the same handle. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for listening. We are four episodes in at this point, plenty more to come as we are starting approaching, getting into March. It's going to be an exciting time of the year. Knock on wood. We'll get into April. We'll see. But yeah, keep listening and uh, next episode coming over the weekend. And as always, let's let's go go Nova. Nova.